Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Tribune. This episode, we, we can't really talk about it because we're talking about shh, secret societies. That's what we're talking about. Joining me for the first time on the program, Mr. Aaron Scarborough. Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a fellow ginger. I know this is an audio format, but uh, people can hear. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they can tell when there are two gingers talking. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron, you're a stand-up comedian. We met in uh, Kansas City probably a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked you to be on this this one because pretty, mu- pretty soon in the green room, I don't know how we started talking about it, but uh, <laughs> talked about conspiracy theory type conversations. So yeah. I figured you're, you'd be a good one to have on. Um, but you do stand up, you're, you're an artist. Let's do some of your plugs first. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I'm a painter and I do stand up comedy and I have a podcast that is fine. Uh, it's called National Prayer Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I do it with my uh, my gay friend, Keith. He's a he's a gay Marxist. It's, uh, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Very popular in the Midwest. Um, yeah. uh, and then. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my Instagram in case in case uh, you want to find me. Uh, yeah. It's bad.aaron.scarborough and Scarborough's S-C-A-R-B-R-O-U-G-H. Yeah. Um, so if you're curious, just go to that and all your questions will be answered. And also, if you can't uh, remember how to spell that, just scroll up on the episode notes because I will link it in the bottom as well. You're too good uh, to me. Hey, I, you know, I I take care of you, my friend. Oh. You're you're my guest of my house. Um, I do love that your podcast. Great name for it, uh, the National Prayer Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, honestly, like that's the only reason I keep doing it is the name. It, you know, <laughs> it's it's the best part of it. Um, but yeah, it, have you on this show? Have you ever talked about the National Prayer Breakfast? I haven't, but it's uh, I've kind of I don't I don't remember what it was on that I watched something and how important that that breakfast is. It's almost a secret society. Well, yeah, one one might say <laughs> how convenient. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, with pancakes. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's a place where deals are brokered uh, under the guise of uh, worship. Um, it's it's sketchy so yeah because i don't and i wish i could remember what document documentary type deal it was uh but how important that is to influence especially for politicians uh the you know the evangelicals and and all the religious people you got it you got to go there even if you're not religious you got to put on the the religious front to win over those people oh absolutely yeah uh, well, we're as I mentioned, we're talking about uh, secret societies, and I kind of broke it up into two different genres, Aaron, because uh, I wanted to talk about some air quotes real secret societies that we've kind of probably heard of throughout our lives, but not really delved too deep into. But then I also wanted to talk about fictional ones. Uh, so I, I, I didn't I have a couple uh, of each and we'll get to these. But I can when I started to do my. My research, I could already tell, dear listener, that this could be uh, ha- has potential for a part two because somebody is going to message me and be like, you didn't talk about this. And I'll be like, I know <laughs> there's uh-huh. too many to talk about. Uh, but let, let's let's kick off with one that 
I think a lot of people probably aren't familiar with, and maybe you aren't either, Aaron. I'll uh, I'll ask you. Do, do you know anything about Cicada thirty three oh one? Oh no, no. That sounds okay. amazing, though. This is more a newer one. The past uh, decade, at least. Um, it's a more of an internet thing, and some of my sources here are going to be from uh, history dot com and also the guardian dot com. But Cicada thirty three oh one is a nickname given to three sets of puzzles posted under the name. 3301 online between 2012 and 2014. Um, There's a series of puzzles that started uh, January 4th, 2012. And then a year later, a year and a day later, uh, we had a new second puzzle posted in 2013. And those two were posted on 4chan, which um, if you're probably familiar, all the good things happen on 4chan, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and then this third one was uh, recent as uh, 2014, but they've given some clues out in 2015 and 2016. This third puzzle uh, has yet to be solved. Uh, the stated intent was to, quote, uh, recruit intelligent individuals, end quote, by uh, presenting a series of puzzles to be solved. No new puzzles were published uh, on January 4th, 2015. Uh, but they were giving out those clues, as I mentioned. So these are a series of stuff people would put online. Uh, and I th I think it's really targeted towards people that are into uh, data security, cryptography, uh, stenography. And I'll 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 say I'll I, I don't know what cryptography is. So I had to look it up. Do you know what that is, Aaron? Cryptography? No, nope. <clears throat> no. Nope. Good, because I. I, people should be more willing to be like, I don't know what that is, because <laughs> then I wouldn't feel so alone Right. When, when people talk and they'll be like, you know about the thing? And I'll be like, yeah, I know about that. So I don't yeah, look I, dumb. Well, yeah, I do that all the time. Like, I just I'm, I'm a total fraud whenever people are like, you know, because I you have to like really judge or, or gauge whether or not it's worth um, making the conversation last longer, you know? Yep. Uh, the, making the, making this conversation last longer, but then also do I want to look like an idiot? Oh, oh it's like God. when you mispronounce a word and you're like, I can't believe I had been saying that wrong my whole life or, you know, it's, it's like um, posthumously. If you only read that word, it's that's not how you say it, you know. Absolutely not. No, I'm this dude. I'm I, that's my biggest fear is people realizing how stupid I am, <laughs> and that's that's why I don't play video games. Uh, you know, because the jig is up as soon as, uh, as soon as I have to remember something. So, and anyway. I was recently. I just had a, a guy on name uh, Don Guillory. Um, mm -hmm. who, and the episode was on, uh, the KKK, which this, that I made it a whole episode, not because it was a, a secret society, but it's interesting, but that could definitely fit on this episode. And I think he was telling me that you just uh, like, to, cause he's getting his doctorate. He's like, you, if you're getting your doctorate, you're, you're only smart in one area. You could be smart in other areas, but it's like, I know a lot about this one thing and people give you so much credit for knowing about that one thing. But if you ask them about something else, they'd be like, I got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's like in this one subject, I'm a doctor. The other one, I don't know how to change oil or whatever, whatever we're talking about, you know? Yeah. Uh, cryptography, the art of writing or solving codes. So these are like 
hacker type people. Um, and I was going to also, I should ask you at the top of the show. Are you involved in any secret societies that we should know about, Aaron? No, my, I, uh, I was in 4-H growing up, but yep. um, yeah, I don't think that that counts. I definitely like uh, in my small town in Missouri, I, uh, I think that the Freemasons were present. Do mm-hmm. they, are, is that a secret society? It, well, and that's that was the thing is we're going to talk about them here in a minute, but oh, okay. a lot of these will will be like, yes, we know about them, but then a lot is not known because to a true secret society, you and I have never heard about it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And uh, we'll, we'll I'll yeah, we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. But let's let's talk about uh, the cicada, though, one. So the puzzles focused heavily on data security, crypto uh, cryptography, and stenography, and internet uh, anonymity. It's been called the, quote, most elaborate, mysterious puzzle of the internet age. Uh, and it was on the top five uh, eeriest unsolved mysteries of the internet. That's from the Washington Post. Uh, many have speculated that the puzzles are recruitment tools for the NSA, CIA, MIA, yeah, is it M16, I think, or MI6? MI6. That's, yeah, is that the James Bond thing? Yeah, that's how okay. I know it. Uh, Masonic conspiracy or a, a cyber a mercenary group. Others have stated Cicada 3301 is an alternate reality game, although no company or individual has attempted to monetize it. That's where I can, like, if nobody's come forward and tried to sell you a T-shirt with Cicada 3301 on it, then I, I, it's got a little more validity to it, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. When they like, they start printing up the merch. I'm like, how secret is this thing? If you want me to buy the shirt, it's like when oh yeah, uh, Homer on The Simpsons is wearing the, uh, uh, the, uh, the witness relocation program T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> and you're, you're totally blowing your own cover there, Homer. Well, so far, like what you're describing with it just like being like uh, cryptic shit being posted on um, 4chan and stuff, it, mm-hmm. it sounds very much like, like it sounds like QAnon. Um, yeah, th- and that right? was one of the things is people thought it was QAnon stuff. But I, I, the more we talk about this, because I've I have done a, a QAnon episode as well on this show, which people can go listen to in the archives. But uh, this doesn't seem as crazy and unhinged. This seems like it's giving you some tasks first but the overall anonymity and mysterious part that seems like QAnon for me for real yeah um and that's part of the allure is the secrecy it's like i don't want to join but i want to know what you're doing over there you know yeah absolutely we i think we all naturally have like some fomo um you know with stuff like that yeah, I you know you want to just be part of the sacrifice, and I don't I don't even want to be part of the sacrifice, Aaron. I just want to be uh, invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, <clears throat> I just I don't I want to know that you wanted me there when you were eating the children or whatever you were doing. Right. I don't want to go, but it's just nice to be asked asked to go to the dance. Yeah, for sure. Um. Now, the purpose of Cicada 3301, I kind of talked about a little bit. According to statements of several people who won the 2012 puzzle, 3301 typically uses non-puzzle-based recruiting methods, but created the Cicada puzzle because they were looking for potential members with cryptography and computer security skills. 
It's it. That seems like a lot when like somebody, a hacker gets caught and instead of going to jail, they're like, yeah, you work for the FBI now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> I, I don't know. It, it, it is a weird, like, um, why not just post on indeed or something, you know, it, like why, why, why LinkedIn, do you have to be all yeah. dramatic about it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's all very matrixy. It, it is. And here's one of their, the, here's the, the first post they, they posted January, 2012. So we can kind of get an idea and that this is, there's multiple layers. You solve the first one and you get to go to the next one and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so people can, you can research this on your own because I'm not smart enough to have the answers, but also uh, I'm just not trying to solve this super hard puzzle. But uh, January, 2012 uh, picture posted a 4chan, the notorious message board, which has given birth to everything from a, uh lol cats to anonymous this also i should i didn't even think about anonymous that could be a another a future episode here as oh, anonymous wow, yeah. uh in white text on a black background uh, the posted message read hello we are looking for highly intelligent individuals to find them <laughs> we have devised a test there is a message hidden in this image find it and it will lead you on the road to finding us we look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck. And it was signed 3301. Uh, that message led to a series of puzzles, each harder than the last. And the uh, the first few puzzles required a little more than a mild coding ability and a wordplay to get past. But as it goes on, the participants fell deeper into the rabbit hole. The references became less obvious and one clue involved the poem from a collection of mid medieval Welsh manuscripts, another uh, from a quote from a William Gibson book, which was only released on a three three and a half inch floppy disk. Wow, I mean, even yeah, like floppy disk is that's pretty outdated, even for twenty twelve or whenever this came out. Yeah, right. Like, because I remember back in the day, that's how we did science fair. You get a you get a floppy <laughs> disk at the beginning of science fair. That's how you saved all your stuff. Uh, but that was so like back in the day before a flash drive or any of that. And now like, I would just be more pissed that you're making me find a floppy disk and a computer that can read a floppy disk. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, (laughs) man, who who has the resources for that? Yeah. I can sell it to you, but it's only available on VHS, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, now you're making me go back eight formats. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's it's kind of like when I was reading that, it reminds me of like um, the Da Vinci Code movie. I didn't read the book, of course, uh, but <laughs> like neither. that, yeah, the kind of stuff where it's like, here's this message, and you then you go deeper and deeper and deeper on that, um, that kind of stuff. So we have the the community, uh, and somebody from the 2012 challenge, one of the winners. Uh, posted an, an email that they got when they won. Now it's impossible to fully verify because the leaker was forced to remove the signature to keep their identity secret. But others who received the same email indicated that the contents were legitimate. So what I'm saying, Aaron, is this could be real or it could be not, but I choose to to have it be real because it's more fun that way. Sure. And how do you even like define real? You know, uh, what what does this need 
to be actually real you know is it yeah uh i think about that all the time like have you ever heard i i don't even remember who says it or who said it but um like talking about alex jones for example mm-hmm. uh like i heard someone say that if the cia didn't invent alex jones they wish they would have um and the indication being that he does so much uh him his existence and what he does uh does so much to protect the actual deep state whatever that is Mm -hmm. um because uh and QAnon's the same way to a certain extent but you're just but you're crazy by association because when people think of um uh this kind of thing like cia recruiting and and doing all that uh you get lumped in with those people you know yeah well at any time there's like a shroud of, of mystery uh to it it's also it's like because QAnon is that way yeah you even said you're like this seems like QAnon. this is almost we're headed towards crazy yeah you know and yeah. that is like if you're trying to like disseminate misinformation a guy that never stops yelling and i'm not talking about my character i'm talking about alex jones uh-huh a guy who in which that's also uh, an, an episode that we did that I think is out by the time this one is out. But uh, a guy who just even on like 9-11, the day of 9-11, when it happened, he's he was like, this is an inside job. Like the, the dust hasn't even settled and he's <laughs> already spreading that information. Yeah. I, I liked your uh, your character's take on the the balloons. I, I watched the video. The oh yeah, was, of course. Thank you, nice. thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's always like with that character, you always just have to. It's already like hard to like parody clown shoes. You know, uh-huh. like they're already big. Well, how how much funnier, or crazier can you get when they're you're already talking about crazy? The same yeah. with Alex Jones when he when he's saying they're turning the gr- the frogs gay. Uh-huh. What? A, how crazier could you get? You know, and that's and that's the frustrating thing to like you know a pothead like me who likes to learn things about the CIA and whatnot is that like he he guys like Alex Jones like of course he like he makes shit up mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, takes extreme liberties but he will throw in something that's absolutely true about MK Ultra. Uh, it's it's just. I guess that's, I mean, that's how misinformation or whatever you want to call it gets spread. Um, it's that kernel you know, of it, truth that, yes, he was right about this. So why wouldn't this be right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is that, that thing of, you don't know who to trust in a see when, when every one side is saying, no, you're wrong. That's a lie. And the other said, no, you're wrong. That's a lie. And we yeah. live in an, in an age of information where, where you can deep fake something and if you're not really paying attention, you think Joe Biden's really said that or you think <laughs> Trump yeah. said that. And it's like that's that's me who I think I'm fairly tech savvy and I I assume bullshit with most things before I actually prove them right. Not to mention an older older generation that it's like, oh, they said it. It must be true. You right. know, and it's like to disseminate disinformation is so easy. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it lines up with a narrative. I wanted to believe that. Well, I'll be damned if they didn't say it. Now it's true. 
Right. Well, one thing that's like universally true, like with media, though, is like, I mean, you can always like the days of like, you know, when I was younger, I thought things were more simple. It was just like the Republicans and they all like Fox News and they have a completely opposite ideology of uh, whatever NBC and CNN and, and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know what like how you um uh i don't know what ideology you uh subscribe to exactly but Mm -hmm. i i during the pandemic um i had like before the pandemic i had years of just like not caring at all yeah and then i had too much time to think and you know too much time to read and stuff like that and uh i really I don't know. I just got, uh, I got really suspicious of, um, of all media mm-hmm. at that point. And I, I mean, I grew up, my mom, like every day when I came home from high school, my mom was watching Glenn Beck with a notebook, like taking notes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but now <clears throat> I don't, I, I cannot watch cable television, even the fucking Super Bowl like just was driving me insane. I'm so sick of advertisements and uh, just all this stuff. Uh, and it, like, there was all this, like, did you, you, did you watch the Super Bowl? No, I did. And that's not because, you know, in a, in a protest or anything, it's just, I don't, I don't watch football, but also the last mm-hmm. thing I want to do is watch commercials. I feel yeah. like we're on the same boat in the same boat as like, I don't even oh they're really good. Well, then they should make that a show. Right. Because I don't want to be sold something from E-Trade or whatever. It's well, popular. and it's all like, I don't know. I, I so um, it, like if you talk to, you know, conservatives like my parents or whatever, they get so pissed at like all the woke messaging or whatever that mm-hmm. you like see on the NFL right now. Uh, and it's, it is like, it is like, it, it is funny because you, there is that element of, uh, of, um, you know, the NFL, like trying to rebrand is like accepting and like all the advertisements or, um, you know, what those people would call woke or whatever. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, these games, um, they're making a ton of money for like Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it just, it gets really confusing. Like they, they, it feels like, um, political ideology is just like completely meaningless at this point. It's just advertising. Yeah. Um, well, you, like kind of a, on the same line, like just like Chick-fil-A recently had like a, a new sandwich, and it was like it was a, like a vegetarian option and it was fried cauliflower. <laughs> and there were people that were just so mad. Yeah, it's like I, I can't I can't grasp people getting mad over a cauliflower sandwich fried like right. that doesn't sound good at all. But if right. it's, it's also an, an option, but it's like it's not like they're making you eat it. It's people confuse being woke for uh actually it's just more inclusive it's just yeah i'm sorry or, there aren't more straight white people in this <laughs> soup commercial like i don't know why you care so much yeah it is it, yeah it's a strange thing like and it it all i mean it's all just in uh, it's all to make money like it's yeah at the end of the it it's 
they're trying to sell me soup or whatever, yes. you know? Yes. Um, but uh, th- that's all along the same conspiratorial lines as you were talking about Republicans and, and Democrats. And then the more you kind of look into stuff like this, what the, the, the next two secret societies, you'll see like how somebody got in a certain position was probably not an accident. It's yeah. there's a lot of uh, backdoor deals or who knows who. And we'll talk about that. But first, I do want to talk about like this email that they sent out for the the cicada thing. Mm-hmm. So this was sent out to the winners in 2012. Uh, you all have wondered uh, who we are, it reads. And uh, so we shall n- now tell you. I just I like that the language is still kind of cryptic. Like who says <laughs> we shall now tell you? We like, shall now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a proclamation. It feels like they wrote this a lot while wearing a hood. Like uh-huh. a, a dark figure in a dungeon. I hope uh, so. We are uh, an international group. We have no name. We have no symbol. We have no membership rosters. We do not have a public website, and we do not advertise ourselves. We are a group of individuals who have proven ourselves much like you have by completing this recruitment contest, and we are drawn together by common beliefs. A careful reading of the text used in the contest would have revealed some of our beliefs that tyranny and oppression of any kind must end, that censorship is wrong, and that privacy is an inalienable right. So that was the message they sent out. That's and it's like at the base level, the stuff I just read, I could get behind that. Tyranny mm-hmm. and oppression are wrong, censorship is wrong. Uh, privacy isn't an inalienable right. I get all that, but then it's like they, this group hasn't done much. It's still a lot of mystery around it because I've heard certain things like that before. Then you're like the, what the, instead of they say they believe in the traditional family, what they really mean is we don't like gays. You know, like, <laughs> That's exactly what that means. Like, so like, yeah. like, I like base value. I like what you're saying, but show mm-hmm. me more. What, what are those at in action? What does that mean? You know? But that was yeah. the, the there's more clues. And as I said, that that third one still hasn't been solved, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like it, it. And if you like go back in time, this like it's this sounds a lot more fun than because mm-hmm. now when I think about this type of like Internet sleuthing and these like sorts of 4chan movements or whatever. Yeah. Like. I um I've done a lot of listening to like have you ever listened to QAnon Anonymous? Or... Yeah, the, uh, I've listened not all uh, not a bunch of episodes to be honest, but a few. And that uh, to fill you in, dear listener, it's a it's pretty much a podcast about QAnon. And whenever they would have the the new posts called Q drops, they would uh, analyze what that means. Yeah, it, like and the what we know now like is that the people that were um, like the, the tendency uh, when there was a movement like that, uh, it, it seems like the people that got into it just almost always uh, are people who have recently uh, just gone through a horrible tragedy or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, they're very, very like sad, desperate people yeah, um, who are susceptible to stuff like this. Um, and it becomes a community like uh, the, uh, on this podcast i'm i keep plugging a bunch of other episodes but it's <laughs> it's pertinent because i did the one on um flat earth and it was all based around the documentary which i think is still on netflix called 
uh, behind the curve or whatever it was. Yeah. But it's like they're following these flat earth people and you realize that they they didn't have much in line of uh, as far as friends and family and they join this community. And now it's it's like if you go to church more because you don't really believe in Jesus is because you wanted to hang out with people and be a part of something. And then yeah. if they do the the flat earth experiments and it turns out it's wrong. Now you look like an asshole in front of all your friends and family that you've already alienated. So then you double down on that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what our brains will do to prevent us from like dealing with that, Yeah, you know, that shame and whatever. Um, I think a lot of, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Don't Go say on. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about the Freemasons then. Uh, there's, you know, there's more to the cicada thing, but uh, that's, that's pretty much the gist. Seems fun. It's It seems like whenever there was like a, like, I feel like back in the day when somebody was like the chess champion and then everybody tried to challenge the chess champion, even if you weren't good at chess, you tried to see how, how you squared up, feel like. Super smart people do the cicada challenge type deal to see if they could even solve it. It's yeah, a ch- it's a challenge. Let's let's see how smart I am. I don't want to see how smart I am. Uh, I know I have, I'm not that I have, smart. I have so. no interest in <laughs> testing that. Uh, let's talk about the Freemasons. A lot of the stuff comes from history.com. Freemasons often say that they are uh, not, quote, not part of a secret society, but rather a society with secrets. That's what I found that quote and I liked it. Um, now, I, I I do love part of the, the intrigue of all these secret societies, Aaron, is finding out who's who's part of it. Then you could kind of gives credence to the society when you find out that some of the members are people like George Washington, <laughs> who <laughs> yeah. is a master Mason, Ben Franklin, FDR, Gerald Ford, Winston Churchill, Mozart. Davy Crockett, Duke Ellington, Nat King Cole, Henry Ford, and Buzz Aldrin. Wow. There's some very likable and very unlikable people on that list. Who's unlikable? Davy Crockett, that son of a bitch. (laughs) I I, presumably Davy Crockett as well. I don't know much about him, but I don't know either. I I assume anyone born uh well, actually the probably the year before I was born is pretty you know <laughs> has some skeletons oh yeah and even Except after for you. believe it or not yeah you and me both yeah uh no skeletons but everybody yeah. else has them but what, what year are you born yeah 1989 89 i was 91 so okay. 89 is the cutoff all right good deal. yeah good <laughs> uh yeah i'm a little suspicious of you <laughs> uh Fre- freemasons belong to the oldest fraternal organization in the world began in the during the middle ages in europe as a guild of skilled uh builders today uh the freemasons are a social and philanthropic organization meant to make its members lead more virtuous and socially oriented lives uh grounded in the enlightenment uh that period the enlightenment the organization still conveys uh core values religious tolerance thirst for knowledge and sociability that's kind of if i probably if i went to the freemason website that's what they would say but you can't always trust the organization's website versus what they do. Yeah. 
um, and shrouded in, in a lot of mystery. It comes with secret societies is the symbols that you get. Now, we've all seen the all seeing eye on the back of a dollar. I think it's it's weird that I don't know which bill that is, but a guy who rarely uses cash anymore. I think it's on the back of a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's mysterious to have the eyeball on top of a pyramid. That seems like what well, there's more to that than just a, a cool image. Yeah, I, and honestly, that their mission statement that you just read off, like that, sounded a little bit too good, you know. Like, yeah, that sounds. Like, what like, are they really doing? We we love this traditional family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's uh the the all seeing eye or the eye of providence, while not designed by Masons, has been used by the group to represent uh, omniscience of God. The most well-known Freemason symbol is the square and compass. Depicts a builder's square joined by a compass. And I did this research on this, Aaron, and I still, I got to be honest with you, when we get through all these notes, I don't really know what they do. It feels like a social club to me. Uh, Judging from the, like, the farmers and stuff that I knew that were Freemasons or whatever, like, they don't, they, the ones from my hometown didn't seem so sinister. Um, so it seems like a place for guys to hang out, not, you know, probably different than not, not much different than like an Elks club or whatever. Or a moose lodge and all that. Yeah. It's like a guy for a place for people to hang out. I got married in a, uh, in a, was it a moose or Elks lodge? That's the weird thing is that those are two different things, Uh but, uh, we had, I had a Halloween wedding with producer wife and, uh, we just joined, I think it was the, the moose i think it was so we could use the venue essentially we paid the yearly do, the one year dues and then we got to rent the room we just needed the place to do it but uh t- from what i could tell being in that in that space uh, two three times they got poker tables they got booze they'll play bingo they have live music i didn't see a lot of secret handshakes but that but why would they, i would why would they show the new guy the handshakes you know true yeah, you never know what's underneath the floorboards in a place like that, you know? And I did hear, like, a heartbeat the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it drove me crazy. That's normal. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a story that somebody should write. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another lesser-known Masonic symbol drawn uh, from nature, the beehive. Uh, here's a quote. says, Masons were originally working men who were supposed to be busy as bees. And the beehive symbolizes the in- industriousness of the lodge. So this, what we'll see is this started out as like these guys are building things. They, that's they're masons, and then mm-hmm. it kind of goes more to the the social club type thing. You hanging out at the union bar, you know. We might be plumbers, but we're not talking plumbing here at yeah. the bar, you know. Um. Also, the the Catholic Church apparently's got got beef with the Freemasons because uh, in 1738 they promoted, uh, prompted by concern over Masonic temples and the secret rituals performed within them. The 19th century, the the Vatican even called the Masons the quote synagogue of Satan. Oh so, wow! I would interesting because I'm I the specific farmer that I'm thinking of that I that was in my life when I was growing up. Uh, who was a Freemason, also Catholic. And that's what we'll find out is, I guess, back in the day, the Catholics didn't like it. Still to this day, uh, 1983, 
they kind of re-upped on that. They said their principles have always been considered uh, irreconcilable with the doctrine of the church, and therefore membership in them remains forbidden. The faithful who enroll in Masonic associations in a state of grave sin are in a state of grave sin and may not receive holy communion. I'm a former Catholic. I was raised Catholic and did not go to communion. That's like a, that's a heavy punishment. Sure. It is an interesting thing for the Catholic church to accuse other people of being (laughs) (laughs) satanic cults or whatever. It's secretive. Uh, And yeah, like I thought the exact same thing. Uh, come to think of it, it's kind of interesting for them to criticize anything, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. When you, it's like you know, we we know what goes on at church, but what are they doing behind closed doors? And again, I don't want to join, but I want to be invited to the part. Maybe not their parties, but yeah, uh, I would just want to know, you know. Yeah, you you would think. Um, so, and we'll we'll find out the the reason probably why your farmer guy joined is because. Uh, they have these, like, I think it's called a grand lodge. Um, and it's kind of like in, in the United States, there's 51 grand lodges. It's kind of each state has its own and there's not like a worldwide, it was what they would call it a lodge, like governing party for the Masons, but in every state there would be one. And you report to the, to the, uh, North Dakota lodge. That's who calls the shots in North Dakota. And it, but it's also kind of clear like there's no rules. It's just kind of whatever the local one says. So North Dakota does it this way, but South Dakota does it differently. But if you live in North Dakota, you report to North Dakota. They, the the more you talk, they sound a little unorganized, honestly. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of goes back to the, the, the KKK episode of this, uh, this show where (laughs) they couldn't keep records or anything because if they were found, then you're like, oh, Mayor Johnson's a a racist. And it's probably not a surprise, (laughs) but it's like you could, there was no governing body. And that's why some of this shit falls apart. Yeah. At least with the KKK, maybe not the Freemasons, but it's that, you know, that kind of stuff is there's, there's rules, but it's also, you got to do these certain rules and then after that, do whatever you want. Well, yeah, they got to, you know, they got to leave freedom of uh, expression and mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, well, there are three levels in, in this organization that you can, you achieve certain levels. It's I, I was doing the research and I realized Freemasons very much to me like Boy Scouts, which I was in. I'm an Eagle Scout. I went through the whole thing essentially. And it's you you get different ranks and then that means you do certain stuff. You Uh have a handshake like in Boy Scouts. And I don't know if you were in Boy Scouts, but it's like it's one of those social groups. But you you have three different tiers that you can belong to apprentice, uh, fellow craft and master mason. Uh, In each of these ceremonies, the candidate must first take new obligations uh, of the degree uh so if you're a fellow craft now you got these new set of criteria we were telling you certain stuff that the apprentices probably don't know and it's entrusted that you keep that secret knowledge including passwords signs and grips i love that in the articles i read they call handshakes grips i like that term better than a handshake yeah grip is uh grip is fun yeah we got it we got a little we got a little secret grip going is that maybe is that because it's such an old organization that that's what they called it back then? 
I guess Maybe I don't because it says grips and then in and parentheses secret handshakes, but I ju- I just like the wording <laughs> of that. Right. And I it's you just, think they do the woogie woogie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. You can only have like such an elaborate secret handshake before everybody's like, oh yeah, those two 40 year old guys over there, they, they must be up to something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they're licking their palms grip. and then slapping yeah. each other or whatever, you know, like, yeah. And it's <clears> like something childish about the secret handshake, but then also, you're not going to wear a name tag with your rank on it or whatever. So you know, who's who, I guess. Right. Uh, um, I always associate all these groups like with, uh, there's also like a lot of, uh, sh- like Shriners. Like, those yeah, guys I think the they're like, a, whatever, like, a an offset of, yeah. uh, is what I read a little bit. And I okay. like they Shriners. Seem less threatening. Yeah. Because, uh, I do a podcast with a guy named Ryan Niemiller. And uh, he he is uh, limb different. You can you can Google a yeah. picture of Ryan Niemiller. He he's got shorter arms, and he doesn't have all his fingers on his hands. And the Shriners, uh, un unfused two of his fingers, so now he has two instead of one finger on one of his hands. And one of his jokes is, and that's the reason he's able to masturbate because <laughs> of the Shriners. Yeah, yeah. So like okay. th- it's like that they obviously they're doing good work at yes. Shriners, but then what else are you doing? Yeah, that is a good point. And why are so many of you white? You know, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Shriners. Uh, you got to have some requirements to get in here, of course. Uh, a minimum uh, requirement of uh, of every body of Freemasons is that uh, every or each candidate must be quote free and of good reputation. And that's old and old. You got to be free. You can't be a slave. I wonder. Uh, yeah. I wonder what year they, uh, they removed the requirement to own land or, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, now, now that it's kind of been updated, it seems like you should be a uh, proper and a responsible person and you have a minimum age requirement. And as I said, that's kind of up to the lodge. Um, but it, it's like, that's such vague kind of thing. Is you you got to be a good person. Well, what does that mean? First off, very then, hard to measure. Yeah, what 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 may be a dastardly deed to you might be something great to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, you gotta you gotta have the good reputation. And there was something else I was gonna say. I'll I'll remember it. Uh, but there are other requirements. You gotta you gotta believe in a supreme being. Uh, so you it's got to be God or Allah, I I doubt in the United States it's or <laughs> Jehovah. Yeah, it's probably just uh, Yahweh, Christian God. Uh, additionally, most grand uh, lodges require a candidate to declare a belief in a, a supreme being. In a few cities, the candidate may be required to be of a specific religion. So we get uh, in Scandinavia, they only want Christians. But then in some of the, quote, more liberal places where they have the Freemasons, they'll accept uh, uh, a deity, uh, accept they accept atheists uh, on top of that. It's just weird that you got to be a supreme being or you got to believe in a supreme being. But also, yeah, you don't have to do that either. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are just super loosey goosey. Yeah. It's probably like, yeah, Bill's a good guy. 
Come on, Bill. Yeah. That's that's what I think I was I remembered is like they from what I could tell, they don't necessarily recruit. You gotta like approach them. So you gotta like go to the lodge, the local lodge, and be like, Hey, can I join? Um, which I they, they do have like open nights where you can kind of be members that hang out with non members to see if you want to join or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's like you approach them. They don't necessarily try to recruit you. Okay, so it's not like an evangelical process. No, because I imagine it wouldn't be so secret, and there'd be far more numbers if they were trying to recruit. Yeah. Uh, during the ceremony of initiation, this is the kind of stuff that it's hard to find on some of these secret societies. But we all want to know the rituals. We want to know what they're doing. What does that mean? Uh, the candidate is required to undertake an obligation swearing on the religious volume sacred to his personal faith to do good as a Mason. In the course of three degrees, that those are the three ranks that I just mentioned, Masons will promise to keep the secrets of their degree from lower degrees and outsiders. Um, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> so you, you can't tell, you know, if you're a level, you're master Mason, you can't be telling the the apprentice or whatever what's what you can't tell them that yeah they have like a security clearance yeah you gotta you gotta have the code Mm -hmm. to get to get back into the the secret little room in the back or whatever (laughs) now i i kind of broke it down a little bit with the grand lodges they're kind of the the governing bodies uh and worldwide what i found is they have six million members worldwide of freemasons and as I said, in the U.S., there's 51 Grand Lodges, 50 states plus D.C. And uh, here in the U.S., we have just a little under 2 million members. 2 million? Yeah. Holy moly. That's a lot. That's more a lot more than I thought. I To me, that seems like low numbers. It, in a grand scheme of thing, I think it's low. But I also think it's like it's I kind of agree with you that it's high. For you know, you're not seeing the Freemason commercials on TV during the Super Bowl, you know. No, no, yeah. Um, I wonder, I wonder if their membership goes down though, you know, because it seems like the type of thing like my dad was a Freemason, I'm Mm -hmm. a Freemason, or whatever, and I just don't see Zoomers lining up for Freemason apprenticeships. Not not too many TikToks going on about the Freemasons, you know. (laughs) No, no. Uh, there's some rules and kind of the, the rules are kind of unknown, but this these are the rules from uh, 1929. And some of these we've already kind of stated a belief in a supreme being and uh, in in scripture is a condition of membership. Initiates should uh, take their vows on that scripture. Only men could be admitted, which I think has been changed. Uh, the Grand Lodge has complete control over the first three degrees. Those are those ranks. Mm-hmm. And is not uh, subject to another body. So again, South Dakota Grand Lodge can't tell North Dakota, "Hey, you're doing it wrong." Uh, all lodges shall display a volume of scripture with the square and compass while in session. And also, this is my favorite: there is no discussion of politics or religion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, yeah. I, yeah, that's that's a good rule. Because yeah. I'm I'm afraid some of those guys might have scary politics, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and it's like, unless <laughs> I know you, I don't want to talk about those things with most people. Right. You know, unless unless we're on stage. But yeah. 
Yeah, that then it's a it's a monologue, not a dialogue. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now he, here's where some of the mystery comes in. There's a guy, uh, William Morgan, and this this kind of takes place in the 1820s. Uh, he joined the Masons. He, he claimed to be a master Mason while he was living in Canada, and he appears to have briefly attended a lodge in Rochester, and I assume that's New York. Uh, Morgan finally announced after. Uh, joining different lodges, he says, hey, I'm going to write this expose titled Illustrations of Masonry, uh, critical of the Freemasons and revealing their secrets. Uh, and as I mentioned before, you take the oath, you took it on your book of belief, whatever that is, the Necronomicon, whatever <laughs> you believe, that's sacred. You shouldn't be running your mouth. And And wouldn't you know it, Aaron? He disappeared. <laughs> oh, okay. So th yeah. now we're getting into some conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, cons well, and I don't know that this is conspiracy as far as he disappeared. I don't know that that's a conspiracy. The conspiracies right. come in is who done it. Yes. Um, um, and go ahead. No, I, I had nothing to say. Go on. <laughs> uh, an attempt was made to set fire to Miller's newspaper office and print shop. On September 11th, I'll never forget it, 1826, uh, Morgan was arrested for a supposed non-payment of loan and allegedly stealing a shirt and a tie. Now, back back in the day, you're in debtor's prison. You couldn't really get out till you paid your debt. And if you're in debtor's prison, what can't you do? Publish a book. Uh, Morgan was released, but then rearrested and charged with supposed failing to pay a $2 tavern bill. And I did the math uh, from 1826 to 2023. $2 is roughly uh, translated to 40 kajillion dollars. Uh, a <laughs> okay. lot of money. Yeah. Uh, while the jailer was away, a group of men convinced his wife to release Morgan. I love back in the day that you could just go talk to the the guy's wife and be like, come on. And they let, they let him loose. That was such, just different back in the day when you could just talk to the jailer's wife and you know, you bet you baked her a cake or whatever you did. And then, yeah, she's got the keys to the, to the cage. Yep. Yeah. Thank God our justice system works now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We can't talk to the sheriff, but let's go see his, his wife. She's really uh -huh. into yoga and she'd love some more yoga classes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so th they released him, uh, that, that where they, where he walked to a waiting carriage, which arrived, uh, two days and uh, the carriage ar arrived two days later at Fort Niagara. Shortly after he disappears. Uh, now that the more conspiracy, there are conflicting accounts of what happened next. The generally accepted version of the events is that Morgan was taken in a boat to the middle of Niagara River and thrown overboard, where he presumably drowned, since he was never again uh, seen again in the community. In 1848, Henry L. Valance allegedly confessed on his deathbed to taking part in Morgan's murder. Now, there are other accounts. One group of Freemasons denied that Morgan was killed, alleging that they paid him $500 to leave the county. I did the math. That's $82 congillion. <laughs> uh, Morgan was reportedly seen later, including uh, in other countries, but they, they couldn't corroborate the, those claims. And eventually, 
guy named Eli Bruce, the sheriff of Niagara County, uh, Mason, was uh, removed from office and tried for his involvement in the disappearance. He served 28 months along with a bunch of other Masons. So that's where the conspiratorial stuff comes in is what was he <clears throat> going to write? And then in Ooh. hindsight, if he did write it now, would we even care? Would it seem so tame that it seems a shame that they had to kill a guy over it? Yeah. Well, back then, I mean, things were and like I, I, um, things were so. It feels like th uh, crime and whatnot was just like a lot easier to get away with back then because it's yeah, just dude. like there's no way to prove the like DNA evidence that didn't exist. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. cameras like nothing. Um, Unless you left your social security <laughs> card uh, right next to the body, which I don't even know if social security was back there, but you know, back in the day. Uh, right. That then it's like, yeah, he died. That's we this much we know. <laughs> and it it like it, it I've had that thought like it it makes me wonder um because things were so different back then it was so hard to prove anything like is what uh, like even our like uh accepted versions of history that are like confirmed to be true it just it it seems like there's probably so much stuff that is just universally wrong, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, the old uh, saying is history is written by the victors. Yeah. It's all, yeah. That's one. You have to filter it through. And then, then did they just make it up? Yeah. <laughs> or, who knows what? And even yeah. now, like we'll have so much security footage and screenshots of everybody's tweets. Even then now today, people will be like, well, he didn't say that. She mm -hmm. didn't do that. And I'm like, well, there's video. And people be like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, who knows. Uh, who knows what uh, what's true? No, that's the thing is uh, it, it, I was very much like you during the pandemic of who who knows what to believe with anything. Uh and at, at a certain point, you can you can either jump down the rabbit hole or you can just be like, I know these things to be true, I think. And <laughs> yeah. I, if I try to delve any further, I will go crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, let's ju let's jump to our last uh, real <laughs> air quotes, real. Uh, uh, secret society, the skull and bones. You know anything Let's about go. these guys? Or you heard about? No, them? are they pirates? Are well, they they probably not since we're going to be talking about Yale University. Oh. Uh, skull and bones was founded in 1832 by a guy named uh, William Huntington Russell and another guy named Alfonso Taft. Remember Taft, Aaron? Uh, co-founded uh, the Order of Skull and Bones. The first senior members, including uh, included Russell, uh, Taft, and twelve other members. Alternate names for the Skull and Bones are the Order, the Order Three Twenty Two, and the Order, uh, the the Brotherhood of Death. That's my favorite. Is Ooh. yeah, I belong to the Brotherhood of Death. Yeah, this is my favorite so far. I can already tell. Uh, the first extended uh, ex the description of the skull and bones published in 1871 by Lyman Bag. Who could forget Lyman Bag? Uh, <laughs> is book... it B A G G? Yeah, like yeah. Super Irish. <laughs> yes. Uh, for and he wrote his book uh, four years at Yale. 
noted, quote, the mystery now attending its existence forms the one great enigma which college gossip never try tires of discussing, end quote. Uh, Skull and Bone selects new members among students every spring uh, as part of Yale University's, quote, tap day. Uh, and I don't think that has anything to do with dancing. Has done so since 1879, since the society's inclusion of women in the early 1990s. Skull and Bones selects 15 men and women of uh, the junior class to join the society. They tap those at views as uh, campus leaders and other notable figures uh, for its membership. Members measure time of day. I just thought this was weird. Uh, according to a clock five minutes out of sync with normal time. The and that being called barbarian time. I don't barbarian know. Barbarian time. Yeah, that's kind of really doesn't fit with any of my notes, but they they they're five minutes out of sync with the, with everybody's clock, and they call mm -hmm. normal people time barbarian time. Well, when you first like you said the name Skull and Bones, uh, I like I had something different in my head, and then it, like you started talking about Yale University, yeah, and, like they, they're selecting. So it's just like these have to be just like rich, rich, like old money white people, right? I well, we'll talk about some of those people, and you are correct. Uh, the Skull and Bones, uh, they have a building on campus, and it's this, it's their hall. And uh, the the building is called the tomb. I just like the names and imagery. The tomb. Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, they do they mostly go after quote power elite uh, regarding qualifications for me membership. Lanny Davis wrote in 1968 uh, in the Yale yearbook. The he said he says if the society had a good year. This is what the, quote, ideal group would consist of. A football captain, a chairman of the Yale Daily News, a uh, conspicuous radical, uh, uh, poof, which I had to look that up. <laughs> That's their acapella group. That sounds like somebody <laughs> from Hogwarts. These guys are not badass at all. No, no. Well, yeah. a whiffin, that's, that's not them, though. Whiffenpoof oh, is right. their acapella group, but... Yeah, that's right. not nobody's. I don't know that you're trying to strike fear in the hearts of anybody when you're doing, uh, you know, <laughs> Moonlight moves. Bay. But, yeah. <laughs> so they have those guys, a swimming captain, a notorious drunk with a 94 average, a filmmaker, a political columnist, a religious group leader, a chairman of the lit. Uh, and that's their literary magazine on at Yale, a foreigner. A ladies' man with two motorcycles. That's my favorite. Uh, an ex-service man, a Negro. Uh, if there, uh, if there are enough to go around, a Negro, comma. If there are enough to go around, a guy nobody and a guy nobody else in the group has ever heard of ever. So there's like football captain. Then there's like, give me a black guy. Give me a uh -huh. guy that rides two motorcycles, and then a mysterious drifter. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I just like that. This one seems the most mysterious to me because we kind of know, I feel like more about it, but yeah. it's like, give me the, give me the, this large swath of people. And by people, let me clarify besides the black guy, it was, it's mostly been white male Protestants, some Catholics, very few Jews, and as we mentioned, lady, uh, Yale 
was uh, went co-ed in 1969, but Skull and Bones didn't allow uh, women in till 1992. So, for the most part, uh, Protestant <clears throat> whites, males. Yeah, they kind of dragged their feet uh, well, on inclusion, it sounds like. Yeah, um, but that that's not surprising to me at all. No. Uh, Do now, you know? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, do you know about Bob Jones University? Uh, like it's a Christian school and they, I, I, ha this is a tangent and I'm sorry, but no, I did, if I ever talked to you about, I was homeschooled when I was uh, like for part of my childhood. That explains had, a lot, Aaron. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but my, I was looking at like, so I was thinking about like the curriculum I had when I was, and we had like these science textbooks that started with like the book of Genesis and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that, you know, like that uh, taught that like evolution was wrong and I, they were Bob Jones university. And I went down that rabbit hole <clears throat> and uh, it, it turns out like they, they like uh, didn't allow like interracial dating uh, mm -hmm. until like the nineties. Uh, oh god which is just like insane which we um, all know is when something is allowed or legalized it's immediately accepted and not at all frowned upon <laughs> right right <laughs> um anyway that made me think of that um bob jones university bob jones university yeah it, is that a real school uh, like school it's, you can attend you can still go there yeah that's crazy. Um, I wonder what their textbooks look like now if they've updated like here's more science stuff, but also the earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I really don't know. It's, it doesn't it seem like uh, with the you know, with the way the Internet works now, I don't understand how I, I truly don't understand how um, that kind of just like evangelical um just like nonsense, like propaganda can mm -hmm. still like, how, how does that still exist? You know? Well, people um, want that, you know, like I went to Catholic schools my whole life and th thankfully there wasn't a lot of crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's not, I don't believe, I think too crazy of things. But also, well, you Catholics a, have always been like chill about like, like you, you like you've been more like there's there's been Catholic uh, um, philosophers and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't have that in the Southern Baptist Convention, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. It's uh, it, Here's what I'm reading is Bob Jones University's private non-denominational <clears throat> evangelical university in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, known for its conservative cultural and religious positions. And I don't know if this is per year or altogether. I assume it's per year, but the average cost is $14,000. 14000 That's uh, – I wonder – I wonder – well, surely a, a university like that uh, – they have to have some like weird accreditation, you know, like, you yeah, can't, there's no way that that school um, like their accreditation or whatever uh, gets you the same jobs um, mm -hmm. as as a, an actual like state university. Right. It's it's those doctors that are also on Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They sell supplements. 
Yeah, and then you look, you delve deep into the thing, and it's like you did you you went to UCLA, but it doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. <laughs> that, you don't yeah. say University of Southern California at Los Angeles. You always have to say UCLA. Yeah, because it means something else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now the Skull and Bones, uh, I do like this about their group. They give everybody nicknames. Uh, members are assigned nicknames, uh, i.e., here's one for the tallest member. They call this guy Long Devil. So whoever Long is the devil? tallest in the when they're going to school around there, Long Devil. I like that. Yeah. It's weird how they uh they have such like dark imagery because you were saying that it, it's like a kind of for the most part, a Christian organization, right? Protestant. It seems like said. that, but it's, you know, skull and bones and they get into more kind of hein- heinous stuff here in a second. But yeah, then then they have nicknames and stuff like that, you know. Um, The banker Lewis uh, La- Latham, I think, or I don't know how to say that, but uh, passed on his nickname Sancho Panza to the political advisor Tex McCrary, uh, Avril uh, Harriman. It was uh, Thor. Uh, Henny Luce was Ball, B-A-A-L. Uh, McGeorge Bundy was Odin. And George H.W. Bush was Magog. And I had looked up Magog. That's a reference to the book of Genesis. Okay. Uh, but then they'll pass on these nicknames. So remember <clears throat> when I said a few minutes ago, remember Taft. Because we're going to talk yeah. about William Howard Taft. His nickname was also Magog. Uh, meaning and that that nickname was he had the most sexual experience while in the club. So then we go to H.W. Uh, Bush. Uh, he's Magog. So maybe he had the most sexual experience. He's like, yeah, you like to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> call you Magog. Yeah, ta- yeah, well, I could see with H.W. because he's he was like an athlete or whatever. And he's he was like a pretty good looking guy. Taft, if I recall, I don't bigger know. fella. I mean, there's the always the rumor that he got stuck in the bathtub, and that's you know at college you're probably going to be the the fittest, trimmest you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So I could see William Howard, especially Taft. Uh, his dad was the founder of the group, so he's got that going for him. Sure. Um. So, as I said, part of the allure of all these is the members. So I'll read some of them. Uh, we have uh, William Howard Taft, president, but also chief justice, uh, George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, Chauncey uh, Depew, president of uh, New York Central Railroad and a senator from New York, Juan Terry Tripp, founder and CEO of Pan Am, Joseph Gibson, the first chancellor of Washington University in St. Louis, Supreme Court Justices Morrison R. Waite and Potter Stewart. So you, you could tell some of these are so old because a guy's name's Potter Stewart. <laughs> Potter. Shouldn't yeah. that be said by uh, Jimmy uh, Stewart? Like it just sound like that name sounds like it should be said by Potter, Potter Stewart. Like, yeah. Oh, let me tell you something, Mister Potter Stewart. Uh huh. You're gonna. You're not gonna take this time. Yeah. Okay. You're talking about actual uh, Potter, Pottersville. Potter. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, Henry St- uh, Stimson. Yeah. He was the Secretary of War from 40 to 45. 
Robert uh, Lovett. He was the Secretary of Defense. We've got a, bu- a bunch of other guys. William Washburn, Governor of Massachusetts. Henry Luce was the founder and publisher of Time, Life, Fortune, and Sports Illustrated. Uh, also, John Kerry, uh, U.S. Secretary of State and uh, former senator. Um, Stephen A. Schwartzman, flat founder of the Blackstone Group. I had to look that up. Uh, it's big investment people, I guess. Uh, Austin uh, Goolsby. He was the chairman of uh, Barack Obama's uh, Economic Advisors. Harold Stanley, co-founder of Morgan Stanley. Frederick W. Smith, co-founder or founder rather of FedEx. So a lot of lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of rich people, a lot of richies, and a lot of uh, dynasties. Dynasty where it's like, yeah, this these people aren't rich; they're wealthy. Yeah, wealth is generational. You can only fail up. You can only you can get eight DUIs, and I'll be damned if you're not a senator next year. <laughs> you know, like yeah. It's I mean, those... Bush, but uh, W. Bush was that way. He was a huge. He was like a Hunter Biden, basically, like failed child. Yeah, uh, we we have yet to find George Bush's laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just I an edge of sketch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I'm trying to picture George Bush using a laptop, and I. How do you turn this thing on? Yeah, he's a fine painter. But yeah, he's good. He's good at painting. And you're you're an artist yourself. So you can vouch if you say he's a fine painter. He's a fine painter. <laughs> he's my biggest influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who, who are your influences? Uh, influences? Monet, George yeah. Bush, Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Yeah. Seuss. Uh, now, in 2004, it was uh, an interesting presidential election because we had uh, George Bush and John Kerry, two oh. uh, members of the Skull, Skull and Bones. Um, former presidential John Kerry said, uh, cause he was asked and he said, uh, I can't say much. He said, not much because it's a secret. <laughs> so you get, you get like people ask and they're like, can't say nothing about it. Right. I like that. I like they're pleading the fifth that, that makes me want to know more when you say it's a secret. Well, uh, and the Bushes, they, they've also been like, I've listened to some stuff about Bohemian Grove before. Have you? That's another group that will be probably part two on this, but go ahead. Oh, nice. Well, I I have nothing to add because I can't remember anything, but I remember hearing about like uh, HW being involved with that for sure. Yeah. Or the the Bilderberg, whatever. Uh, Like that's, I think it's like all these are pretty much. Let's get the richest of the rich and the elitist of the elite in the same room and let's talk and kind of make things happen. Yeah. Yes, there are politics, but also I don't know that it's a conspiracy to say they're making some deals and then let's let's make it happen. Yeah, that's that's how things work, I think. Yeah. Uh, And when George Bush, by the way, was asked about it, he said, it's so secret. We can't talk about it. Uh, uh, now they had something called uh, crooking, which uh, it's it's like any group, either in high school or in college. Uh, they they would steal shit. Uh, Skull and Bones had a reputation for stealing keepsakes from other Yale societies or from campus buildings. 
uh, society members reported leak uh, called the practice quote crooking and strive to outdo each other's crooks. The society has been accused of possessing the stolen skulls of Martin Van Buren, Geronimo and Pancho Villa. Jesus. You just stealing body parts. Um, okay. So, all right. These guys, uh, I can't, I can't really decide, uh, what vibe they're giving off anymore. Cause uh, yeah. Cause like part of it is like, let's go steal this president's skull. But part of me thinks that was like, they're eight shots in and they're like, dude, dude, you know, what would be cool. Yeah. Let's go steal this. It's not heinous. It's just like frat boy stuff. Yeah. Um, which is heinous sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not to say that it's not, but stealing a skull, there are worse things, but also oh, of course, don't yeah. steal body parts. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Um, well that that's that's the skull and bones. I'm sure there's more, but I want to jump to some fictional ones if you have a minute. Let's go. Uh okay, we talked about the Freemasons. This this fictional one is kind of the impetus for this episode. And it's the stone cutters from the Simpsons. Are you familiar? So not really. I've never been a Simpsons guy. And it's, yeah. I know that it's brilliant, but I've never just taken the time to watch it. I don't have Disney plus. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, it's, it's uh, the episode. If people want to watch it's uh, the episode is called Homer, the great. And it, uh, you know, when you learn about secret societies and the benefits that you get, the episode is, is pretty good as far as, uh, taking it to the extreme and being satirical as far as the, the rewards that the stone cutters get. One of the rules, Aaron, is you either have to be the son of a member or save the life of a stone cutter. And grandpa Simpson was a stone cutter. Okay. Uh, the other stuff that you get are there. There are reserved roads for stone cutter, secret roads, better parking spaces. Uh, this says wonderful chairs. <laughs> uh free soft drinks uh swift house repairs so you get a guy out much quicker than everybody else also you get the real emergency number which is not 911 it's 912 you get stickers to put on your car and your wallet so that the paramedics won't steal from you stuff like that where it's like absurd but still funny um yeah the, i mean the I, I know it's fictional, but this sounds like the one that I would probably join of all yeah. of them today. Because what they mostly do is drink and play ping pong mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, Patrick Stewart. And they have a good song in there. It's uh, they're, they're essentially their mottos. It's who controls the British crown, who keeps the metric system down. We do. <laughs> who, who keeps Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps uh, the Mar- uh, Martians under wraps? Who holds back the electric car? Who made Steve Gutenberg a star? We do. <laughs> who, who robs cave fish of their sight? Who rigs every Oscar night? We do. These guys so it's rule. so it's like they keep the aliens secret, but also we're gonna make these fish blind in this case. Uh, yeah. Um, let's move on. Here's one that could be a whole episode. And I chose to make it fictional because of the popularity of the movies, but the men in black. Oof. Um, uh, are you, 
are you, well, I guess you go on. You're, you're well, it's, say. I, and I, it, it's, this is on the, the line of fiction and not because the popularity would become, come from the movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, purported, uh, men in black dressed in suits. Pretty much they appear wherever there were UFO phenomenon. Um, and they, they essentially say, shut your mouth. You didn't see nothing. I, I I don't know. I think that uh, there's a um, the the what's true about men like the quote unquote men in black as a concept mm-hmm. is I I do feel like the narrative around aliens uh, and Roswell and all that stuff I do think it's utilized by possibly. Uh, people in Washington, you know, as, as propaganda, as distractions, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, uh, I'm, I, I haven't like, I haven't delved completely like into, um, into alien shit ever, uh, because I, I'm afraid of feeling like an idiot, you know, just wasting my time with that stuff. Um, but I don't know. What do you, do you think that, do you think that they, um, do you, do you think they actually cover stuff up? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like a, a guy in a suit and he's got some black lens aviators and, but I, it's not past the pel the realm of possibility for a guy from the government to be like, keep your mouth shut. I could see that, you know? Of course. Uh, it's just more fun <clears throat> to believe that, the, you know, anytime you saw the Mothman, uh, they, they got, yeah, we got to get out to Point Pleasant, West Virginia to keep some people uh, quiet or whatever, you know? Right. And it's, it's at this point, I don't know what good they would be because we all have a, a camera in our pocket. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> When it, I don't know, I if you're talking about people like just government spooks who show up whenever things are like uh, sensitive or whatever, I I think that almost certainly happened. Um, like after JFK was assassinated, mm-hmm. like uh, which I know that's another uh, another episode probably, but um, I I'm pretty sure that the doctors at Parkland uh, who did like the, the autopsy or whatever, they pretty much all said uh, later that they were told um, to change their story basically. But yeah. And that's what I heard too. And I, uh, you know, whether any of that, I think, I think that's one, like one conspiracy theory that even like level-headed people that don't subscribe to any of it would be like, yeah, we don't think that's what they say. What ha- is what happened? You know. Yeah. I we kind of all universally believe we have our own beliefs, but it's it's also, weird though it's because not just Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, but it's it's weird because like ideology also affects like how people view that too. Mm-hmm. Like right wing people think like no, it's like it was Castro or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, uh, more left leaning people are like, no, it's the CIA working with the mafia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's weird how it gets mixed up like that. Um, yeah, and it's and it's <clears throat> if it's a guy in a black suit or whatever, it's, it's not again, not out of the realm of possibility for a guy to knock on your door and be like, you didn't actually see that. 
what you saw was a weather balloon or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Um, our final one, one that we shouldn't be talking about and, uh, but we're going to talk about it anyway. It's a uh, fight club. Okay. Uh, which, and it's been a while since I've seen the movie, never read the book, but, uh, it's also known as uh, project mayhem. Uh, and I guess their, their overall goal is, uh, anti, uh, consumer consumerist ideas, and devising increasingly elaborate pranks on corporate America. Um, so the in the in the movie, you got to do certain things. You got to hang out on the, and the the house on the the porch for three days. No food, no shelter, and you got to be berated by uh, by uh, Tyler Durden. And if yeah. you make it through with all the people yelling at you, you're in. But you got to have two black shirts, two pairs of black pants, one pair of black boots. Two pairs of black socks, one black jacket, and three hundred dollars for personal burial money. Um, Project Mayhem. Also, you there are Fight Club rules, and then there are rules, I guess, for Project Mayhem. But we, it's it's you so quotable. Rule number one: you don't talk about Fight Club. Two: you don't talk about Fight Club. Three: someone yells "stop," goes limp, taps out. The fight is over. Four, only two guys to a fight. Five, one fight at a time. Number six, no shirts, no shoes. Seven, uh, fights will go on as long as they have to. And number eight is if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. But that's uh, that's Fight Club, essentially. But that's just mm -hmm. interesting to me is... We go from stone cutters to UFO people, and then these guys, on a smaller scale, fight in the basement. On a larger scale, seek to overthrow corporations. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> I actually, I, I hadn't watched Fight Club since I was a kid either, until like last year, I think. I, I think it's I been about it. two years since I I had seen it, but yeah, that it was like that way. Whereas, like, I saw it when I was way younger. And now I saw it as an adult and I didn't enjoy it as much the second time. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's another one of those things. It's like a trope where like the, it's like an anti-hero type of deal where like when you watch it, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is badass or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then ideally you mature and you watch it uh later on and realize that it's a comedy or whatever american psychos like that not that yeah <laughs> I, I never thought uh patrick bateman was badass or whatever but i just thought it was like a horror thriller or whatever now when i watch have you watched american psycho as an adult yeah and it's it's it's, it's a great movie it's the performance so is great good. and it's yeah uh but um dude fight club if nothing else like uh like I would be very embarrassed to tell anyone that I liked that movie now. Like, mm -hmm. uh, but that David Fincher is so good. I, I every pretty much every David Fincher movie, even if it's not a good movie, I enjoy on some level. Seven is like the seven has to be like one in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Seven um, is good. What else? I uh, I'm on the movies. We have Fight Club, Gone Girl. Uh, that what a that's a great movie. Zodiac, yeah. Zodiac's good. I haven't Social seen Social Network the is actually tattoo. pretty good. Yeah, that's that one's good. Yeah, so I I agree. For the most part, he's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, 
but it's also that fight club is like it's the same guys that like if you got a not not a literal poster but they would have like Brad Pitt from Fight Club and the Joker and yeah, uh taxi Dox driver <laughs> like <laughs> man you're idolizing the wrong people uh-huh yeah um Oh man. So yeah, we cover I didn't realize we were going to cover all of them. This is, this was a lot all of, of them. There's no more to talk about. Um and I appreciate you sticking with me this long uh for this long of an episode, but please let's uh, let's plug your stuff one more time and then we will get out of here and start our regularly scheduled fight club meeting. Okay. Uh yeah, so Aaron Scarborough on Instagram, bad.aaron.scarborough. Uh, and check out my podcast. Subscribe on my YouTube. Um, it's called National Prayer Breakfast Podcast. So, or on Spotify, whatever. It's go to the Instagram. You'll find everything. Yeah. Everything then, like, there. Like I said, check the episode notes because the link to his Instagram will be right there. So Indeed. Aaron, thanks for being on the show, man. I hopefully we can uh you don't beat me up too bad once we turn the mics off here. <laughs> absolutely not um <laughs> no i actually i actually like you brent so yeah but that it's our first night in fight club we we have to fight oh yeah i i didn't even catch that look i uh i'm tired <laughs> and then, then we got to make a bomb out of soap yeah so, <laughs> thanks for being on the show man thanks for having me dude it's the field trip podcast with brent Hey